Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chickdays. Consumer demand for local food continues to rise and local processing facilities are feeling the pressure from both farmers and consumers. I'm Taylor Schaefer for the Midwest Farm Report. With limited access to employees and freezer space, processors have had to begin turning farmers away. I'm here with Callie Jo Coates, who grew up working for her family's processing facility, Harry Hansen's Meat Service in Franksville, Wisconsin. So my parents bought Harry Hansen's back in, it was 12 years ago. I was only, I was, I was really young, um, but back then I was in high school, so I actually started just working retail on Saturdays. And then after graduating college, I started my first big girl job, but then I kind of realized I wanted to get back home to the farm and then also help out at the family business. So I do a little bit of everything at Hanson's. I primarily am in charge of invoicing and taking care of customers, but I also fill in wherever anything is needed. So some days I might be wrapping pork, other days I'm cutting steaks, just kind of a little bit of everything, and then doing promotion and education as well. And for you, Callie, what factors really determine how many animals you can harvest or process at Hanson's? Yeah, so I contribute it to three specific factors. So when people come in and they say, well, why can't you do more? Why can't you take in more? I say, well, we only have so much freezer space. So our freezer, when it's full, you know, we need to be able to move the product out. And when that freezer is full, it makes it really hard. We only have so much cutting room space. So when we use that cutting room, we're processing those animals through. And we have XYZ number of wrapping tables, and by XYZ I mean two. (laughs) And we have four actual trimming tables. And so we're using those every day, all day. So we can't really necessarily put more livestock through that end. And then I also say employees. I think a lot of companies are facing issue of finding employees. And I'd say the meat sector is in the same boat. We have so many willing employees, and and that's great, and we greatly appreciate them, but finding new ones has been really challenging. So if we do lose one, we do lose that capacity to, in order to actually keep up with how large or how many we can do. And with that in mind, if a farmer does want to bring in livestock for processing, how far in advance do they need to contact you, and have you had to turn many people away? Yeah, so we've had to make some difficult decisions in that regard. So we do things a little different than most plants, I would say. About four or five years ago, we actually switched to a system where we book dates in six-month increments, and we're booking those six-month increments about six months before. So, for example, in January, we'll start booking our July through December 2022 appointments. Um, We switched to that system because back, you know, four or five years ago, we were starting to see the trend of people were making appointments, but some of these animals weren't even born. And so how it was really, really hard for that farmer to make those decisions. And then even more so when they made those decisions, it was negatively impacting our business because they were making appointments and then not showing up or they were showing up with livestock that were too small or way too big. And that wasn't necessarily right either. And so we switched to this system, which was great at the time, but now we're hitting a point where people are trying to make these appointments and they're getting kind of frustrated because they're like, well, other places are out till 2023, 2024, and you guys haven't even booked all 2022 yet. 
And while I understand their frustration, it's kind of, you know, it is a safe bet for us still in that regard of knowing kind of where they're at, where their livestock should be at, and moving from there. With that in mind, we've kind of gotten to the point where we started limiting our farmers. We limited them to a certain number of appointments that they could make in that six-month time slot. Callie, I know that this is an issue that many Wisconsin processors have been facing for a while, but has switching over to this new booking method and limiting those slots each farmer can have helped solve some of these challenges for your family? That did help some, but now as we move into those 20, second half of 2022 appointments, what we're seeing is we're getting a lot of brand new people that are kind of like, hey, we didn't get in here. Are we able to get in by you? And in the past, we let new farmers have one appointment. Well, now once they're in there once, now they're a farmer that we've worked with before. So we technically would be giving them more appointments, Mm -hmm. which we don't have necessarily to give out. So um, we're taking a step back as we move into this next appointment-making section. We actually are going to be looking at working with our farmers that we've worked with for years and give them, you know, an allotted number of appointments. And then if we have any appointments left over, we're going to open it up to any of those new farmers and say it's a lottery system. We'll get you in if we can. However, the right thing to do is work with those farmers that we've worked with for years because they've been loyal to us, so being loyal to them seems only fair. Many local processors, including Hansons, have played a role with local 4-H and FFA programs. So what kind of opportunities do you offer those students, and can you kind of explain the shift that you've had with processing fair animals in the last few years? So we work with actually three different county fairs during the summer. We start with Racine County Fair's Kirkus Show, and then we move into Waukesha Fair, then Racine County Fair, and then Kenosha County Fair. And so in the past couple years, what we've seen is those fairs have actually lost appointments at other facilities, so they've been wanting more appointments with us. And unfortunately, with the county fairs, you have a very, very limited window to get those done. Um, And so we block off spaces for those fairs. However, we have not added any new spaces for them. We can only do so many in a week, and we kind of judge ourselves off of that. Uh, We still want to play a huge role in those fairs, and we want to provide them as much opportunity for the kids to learn and grow. And so some people have said, well, why don't you do away with processing for the fairs? And we'll never probably go to that, honestly. Um, To us, supporting the fair, supporting the youth is huge, and being an outlet for processing really truly helps people understand that the livestock are for, you know, human consumption at the end of the day. They're raising them to be quality products for the consumer. And so we won't ever change that. We also support the fairs in a couple other ways. Like I said, the Racine County Carcass Show, we do um, work with the carcass kids. Uh, With the carcass show, those livestock are brought in for a live show, and then we harvest them and we grade those carcasses using different um, techniques, looking at on cattle, um, what their quality grade is, what their yield grade is, and dressing percentage and all those good things. And so we'll continue to provide that support. Kenosha County 4-H has been huge. They come up and they do a tour every year pretty much, and they bring in the kids and show them you're raising this livestock to at the end of the day end up at a facility like ours. And that's the goal is to provide really nutritious, high-quality animals for the consumer. 
And Callie, coming back to that issue of meeting demand and some of the challenges your family and other processors have faced, what should consumers and farmers be doing to solve some of these issues moving forward? Yeah, that's a really hard question, honestly. Um, <laughs> I, I tell people there's no easy solution, quite honestly. We have seen a couple new facilities are opening up, which some people go, oh, well, are you, you, know, are you worried about that? And to us, it's okay. And we're not in the competition market. We look at things as it's a positive for that market. And we do need more facilities. I do look at some things in the eyes of consumers, being a little understanding of where pricing comes to. And then also on the farmer end, I think more farmers really need to start looking at how they talk to their consumer about the products they're selling. Um, Some things that I run into, and it happens at least once a month, is where the person buys a quarter or half or a whole beef, or even on the pig end, they buy a half or a whole pig, and they're expecting tons and tons of meat, or they're expecting tons of steaks. Um, They don't necessarily understand that a carcass breaks down to specific items. So when they call and they say, well, I want as much bacon as possible. You know, I want my hams into bacon and my loins into bacon. And you kind of have to take a step back and help them understand that you can't just make bacon out of every single piece of that pig. And so having those farmers have those conversations with the customer before they purchase the animal would be, I think, would be really beneficial not only to the consumer, but also to the people who are selling these local Um, locally processed animals because then we can take a step back and truly have a consumer that understands what they're getting and and then they don't get frustrated because usually those people are frustrated once they leave and they go, well, I thought I was getting this and this and this and now I'm only getting this. And so um, that's one thing I think would be positive. Does it necessarily solve the idea of having a more processing slot? Not necessarily, but I think it does um, help with some of that frustration and misunderstandings. And I think that this is something we hear all the time, that youth are the future of this industry. But have you had any real interest from students that are looking to get involved in meat science or even the meat industry in general? I know you mentioned before that 4 FFA members have the opportunity to get involved in carcass programs and learn about the meat industry that way. But are there any students who seem interested in pursuing careers? When the um, pandemic kind of started, I also I start headed these people from college reaching out to me and saying, hey, if I went to school for this, like, what do you, da-da-da, you know, and I'd say get in touch with your local processing and see if they just need some help. For us, if someone was interested in the meat processing business and wanted to learn things, I know schooling is great and all, but for me, some of the best experience would be huge where you just jump in and start doing That's where I've learned the most. I mean, I took a class in meat sciences, and I learned all of the science behind it, but that did not necessarily set me up to understand how to cut these different cuts and understand why on the business side we're making certain choices because those were the best choices for the business, even though people were like, well, I I want this XYZ type of cut of meat, and I'm over here like, yeah, we can do that because that that would make the customer happy and we can cut this. And then, you know, you have to have Edmund and Reyes look at me and say, no, we can't do that because that takes the most valuable portion of that meat and throws it out. You know, then you have to use that for ground beef. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't make financial sense to just please the customer in every single aspect that they're looking for. 
That's Callie Jo Coates, who explains some of the challenges she has seen from a processing standpoint within the meat industry over the last few years. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Taylor Schaefer.